Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the 10Q Interview Podcast, the podcast that talks to content creators about their journey, about the lessons learned, about their processes, and about the advice they would give to those who want to be content creators themselves. You may be experienced or you may be yet to hit publish or record, but I guarantee you there will be loads of insights and takeaways for you to think about. In today's episode, I talked to the host of the Marketing Freaks podcast, Mr. John Quinton, also the co-founder of Overdrive Digital. If this is your first time here, I wish you a very, very warm welcome. I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, let me know your favourite bit on social media, at 10Q Interview, everywhere you may look. I'm sure you're going to. Just for the record, it's a great one, and John is a great guest. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this. It would also mean the world to me, and I'm sure John too, if you share this episode far and wide. There is probably at least one person, if not several, you'll think of when listening who benefit from also hearing it. So to make sure to let them know. One quick final request from me before we get to the good stuff. If you find this podcast helpful, and or entertaining for that matter, feel free to return the favour and help me by leaving a review or giving a rating in the podcast provider where you're consuming it. Now... Onto the podcast. John Quinton, a very, very warm welcome to Thank You Interview. You may or may not know this. I think I probably have talked to you about this on LinkedIn over the years, maybe, but I am a big fan of Marketing Freaks and I think I've been listening to it on off since you probably started, but I guess that leads us That's nicely. That's very in. kind. I, I mean, I'm sure we'll cover this in the podcast, but it's rare that you've, there's lots of podcasts out there and I think yours is stood the test of time whereas a lot as I'm sure you're aware fade away pretty quickly but yeah which I can understand why but and I guess we'll probably get into the uh the 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 pros and cons of podcasting I guess but yeah thank you I really appreciate that it's always it's always really nice when you put something out to hear that someone's like someone likes it do you know what I I read something on LinkedIn funnily enough last week and it said something along the lines of you should tell people that you appreciate their content. And as a content creator myself, it, it rang such a bell. I was like, oh my God, I don't ever do that. I listen to lots of podcasts. I read lots of blog posts and newsletters. I listen to lots, uh, watch lots of YouTube. And I was thinking that the person slogging away at the other end has absolutely zero idea that I enjoy it. Yeah. And if you extrapolate that, that out it? across a thousand people, it's like, oh, think how good you could make that person feel. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're, um, I don't know, if you genuinely like creating content yeah. that will hopefully help someone, to hear that it's helped someone is always a nice, um, yeah, it's, it's a nice positive, isn't it? It is, man, it is. Well, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. Why a podcast? How did you get started? Why a podcast? So <clears throat> I'll try and, should we, we'll go back a little bit further, shall we? So before I got into uh, the world of digital marketing. Mm. Uh, so I run an agency called Overdrive Digital. Yep. Uh, I've been working in the field of digital marketing for 17 years or so, right? <laughs> I, I'm similar, man. And it's someone asked me the other day how long I've been doing it. I was like, blimey, that's a long time. Yeah, I think you get you, you can get less for murder, can't you? <laughs> yeah, probably. So, but we're doing, anyway, been doing that for ages. But before I did that, I played guitar. Okay. And did that for a living for about six years, maybe. Um, so earned my crust playing guitar, which is wicked. Um, I, I'm going to have to pull at that thread, I'm afraid. What kind okay. of guitar? Well, lead guitar. Okay. Um, so in, in a band? 
yeah, in bands, teaching, however I could get any money, basically. Just okay. um, would do anything guitar-related for money. And, uh, yeah, did that for about six years. And always, always loved the recording process. Okay. So audio for me is just, uh, there's always been a love of it, you know. And how do you get a guitar to sound great when you're recording it? How do you get a voice to sound good? when you're recording some some audio so yeah always always loved that and then got into the world of digital marketing set up overdrive digital and the the way the podcast came around was um so a guy I used to play in a band with um back back in the day um he'd gone on to a number of different projects one of those was a band called brother strut and he'd grown that band from nothing to selling out venues like coco in London, which is what thousand capacity, uh, all through Facebook ads. So he'd grown the whole thing through Facebook ads, got it to a really good point. Um, I was like, oh, that'd be a really interesting bit of content to talk to him about that. And it was never even, didn't even think, oh, let's start a podcast and that'll be the first episode. It mm. was recorded this chat, it was really, really interesting. Uh, there was loads of really good advice in there for, I guess, growing a brand or a product from scratch using yeah. Facebook ads at that point in time. And someone who'd actually done it as well, as opposed to... Yeah, and really successfully. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, he'd done it, been there, done it with his own money. Um, it got to the point where he was selling out venues like Coco, which, and he was the first person ever to phone up that venue and go, oh, can I book it out, please? They're like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like without an agent or or anyone um and he did it and he sold it out and it was amazing really really cool story so it's like okay well that would be a really good piece of content is, is this episode chat. still live up on somewhere i can link it, to it in the show notes it's on it's on spotify it's episode zero zero one okay um, i will link to that below <laughs> thank you well, and i will listen it'd be to it weird well. to listen. No, it's funny i don't think i've listened to that one I don't, that doesn't ring a i bell. think it was record i think it was recorded with like one microphone <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it was a good chat and, um, it was like, oh, hang on a minute, this could be a podcast. So when, when, when was this? 2019, I think like, it was a while ago. Okay. okay. Like it was quite a while ago. Um, and it just evolved from there really. And then sporadically over time, uh, I'd find someone willing to be interviewed, uh, we'd, we'd talk through something related to digital marketing um and it's all quite haphazard and sporadic for a while mm. uh and we're now on well tomorrow will be episode 115 so it's it's changed and morphed and developed and <laughs> gone through lots of different phases in that time um and i guess initially it probably wasn't didn't really take it seriously as a podcast it was just an opportunity to meet interesting people yeah. have some interesting chats and it felt like the um the most logical format to put that out in would be would be a podcast and if anyone found it interesting great and if people didn't so be it you know yeah um but very much going back to that kind of original story very much enjoy audio so i just love the production element and i love trying to make things sound better and I just really enjoy that side of it and that's probably why it's lasted because it's something fun like it's not just a 
oh, I'll do a podcast because I think doing a podcast would be a really good idea. It was yeah. actually, you know, I just enjoy doing it. And that always helps, doesn't it, when you want to do something for, you 100%. know, not just fizzle out because podcasts are, like the discoverability of a podcast is awful. Uh, by that, I mean, compared to other content. So yeah. like YouTube, for example, um, I think it's much easier. right? Yeah, exactly. And there yeah. isn't one on it. Well, if you're just doing audio only anyway, um, like you're really limited. So if you put it on Spotify, unless you get featured, no one will find you. If you, if you go on Apple podcasts, unless you get into the um, top 10 within your category, no one will find you. Mm-hmm. So you're really limited to pushing it out to your own audience until it gets to a certain point. Um, and that's probably why it fizzles out for a lot of people because it's so difficult to get the yeah. numbers up. It's, it's an, I, you know, I talk about this a lot, actually. It's funny you bring it up because I, when you put out a podcast, and I, you, you'll know this as well as I do, right? You, you do all this hard work. You know, you do the hard work getting the guest to sign up. You get the, do the research. You then get the guest yeah. on and you then edit it. And I find you then you put it out to your audience. And if you've got not a great audience then so be it. And particularly at the moment with organic reach, right? I mean, I, I, we can talk about how you may push yours later, but yeah, because I know you do. I have seen it being pushed. But for many, if you haven't got a big audience and the organic reach is being throttled, only three people are seeing your LinkedIn post or your tweet or whatever. Yeah. And then you don't really talk about it again. And it's like you put all this effort. It goes out on a Tuesday morning for me or whenever, for everyone else. And then it's like, well, unless it gets that <clears throat> traction straight away and everyone says, oh, I mean, God, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, and John Quinton shares it with his audience and everyone's like, oh, John, I've loved it. It fizzles out so quickly. I've never seen anything like it. Like you, I've worked in digital marketing a long time and it's the only medium you see this happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably it's... the hardest medium to put out. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I think, well, in some respects, yes. And in some respects, no, no I think on that point but it is in, it is insanely difficult to get the numbers going and mm. get any traction at all and um so i think if you're if you're uh, i don't know if you're if you're a business and you go oh, i know what the the best format for us for our new marketing activity will be a podcast you probably wouldn't unless you're unless you're really committed and you've got a couple of million people following you on twitter yeah i mean yeah, yeah of course um, but there are certainly other formats that are easier to to build traction on. Mm. Um, but yeah, on that point of it's you, yeah, I mean, it is a lot of effort, isn't it, to yeah. coordinate an episode and and do everything. But one of the things I love about the format is the amount of content you get from one episode. So yeah, you know, we'll sit here for a, an hour having a chat, and um, there'll be video there'll be clips you can get out of that video for LinkedIn. There'll be the audio from the audio. You can get a transcript. You can write a blog post around it. So from, I know there's more to it than just sitting here for an hour having a chat, but this is something I'm not very good at, by the way. And it's, it's a time thing. I think more than anything, I don't know how you, how you find it. It's yeah, that is time intensive. And, um, well, one of the things, sorry, that's changed recently within our businesses uh, six six weeks ago, we had a marketing manager join um, called Sarah. Sarah's brilliant. 
and um, it's just kind of taken over quite a lot of that work in terms right. of, um, you know, I'll do an episode and then she's, well, f- actually prior to that, um, she'll write a brief for the episode. So there's a, not a script because you don't want to script these things at all, but just key points and a bit of research and that type of stuff. So that's amazing. Um, and then she'll handle the promotion aspect of it. So the output from each episode is dialing up massively. Yeah. And that's been brilliant. But without that additional resource, it's so difficult because mm. it's really hard. Even just to pull out maybe two or three clips for LinkedIn, that yeah. takes a lot of time. Well, yes, it does. Because you need to watch it and listen to it to actually find out the bit that's interesting to, to, yeah. to highlight. I mean, you kind of segue nicely onto my next question, which is around um, ideation and brainstorming and research. And, and you kind of mentioned a little bit of Sarah does there, but how do you <clears throat> re- plan an episode? Yeah, I think there's, so we've got various different types of episodes. I think probably yeah. like yours, you've got different series and um Broadly speaking, ours are split between interviews with guests. <clears throat> so that's one camp. Yeah. And then the second aspect of it is uh, conversations or discussions with the team here at Overdrive. And that'll be usually some more strategic or tactical things around paid media. Yeah. So on, on that camp, it's, pro- it's much easier because it's a, co- it's a conversation around, okay, what what is it our potential customers or people within our sector will find useful yeah right so that could be anything from uh how to manage performance max campaigns you know how to optimize your landing pages how to manage your budgets um what questions to ask an agency in a pitch whatever it is but it's content that will hopefully be useful for people who may at some point want to work with us or are working in the industry and and need some help. Yeah. The guest aspect is a bit different because we're talking to people about their stories. So it's a case of um, really kind of sitting down and looking at, well, who would we want to have on? Who who can we get on? Um, And then once we've booked in a guest, it's researching their background, um, trying to think... I think this is something I've got better at is almost reverse engineering back from um, once this episode's live, like what's the most interesting thing about this guest from a, from an episode point of view, what, what would a a great teaser be? Um, What would a great title be? And then planning the episode around that a little bit more. So rather than going, okay, here's a load of questions that I think I can ask this guest. Um, that would all be really interesting sitting down, getting the episode and then trying to work out what the interesting part of that is. Yeah. Almost going back from, well, actually, do you know what? Um, so we, the, not this week's episode, but the one in two weeks time is with the founder of a business that's, um, globally well renowned for what they do. They've just hit the 25 year, anniversary so there was a conversation around the 25 years and everything else but 
a big thing for me there was, right, as a founder who's gone through 25 years in business, what's the one thing at the front of your mind when you look at marketing Yeah. as a founder? It's like, right, build the episode around that theme, you know, and then... Ah. Go on, sorry, go on. That's all right. And the, I was just saying, then then you can kind of go, well, I think that's probably the, the really interesting bit from a marketing perspective. Yeah. Like how how's a founder view marketing? What do they want? What do they need? And then, right, well, they've just hit their 25-year anniversary. So how has that changed over 25 years? And right from right from day one through to now, like how has that changed? And really interesting conversation and loads of little nuggets out of it. But I find that as a planning exercise really useful. What would be what would be your teaser if I'd have planned my podcast like that? What would be my thing? What would uh, I be asking you? That's a really good question. Uh, it's weird. I mean, being how how long has Overdrive been going for now? Yeah, so we've been going for it'll be seven years this autumn. Okay, so that's a thing, right? That's that's. I mean, it's an intro. I I hadn't really thought about it from that point of view actually, and I quite like it. You've got my brain buzzing a bit because. <clears throat> Like you, what I want is people to take away things from each podcast, whether it's lessons, guidance, advice, thought provoking, excuse me, whatever. And I guess there are people, whether it's starting an agent or starting a business, I guess. And the fact that you're still in business seven years later is, particularly in this day and age, is really a positive thing. Yeah. And actually, maybe I should be angling mine more down that road. Do you, out of the two, out of the two types of episodes you mentioned, how do um, how do they perform against each other? Um, it's it's a really good question. It's a, it's a little bit difficult to answer because um, it depends, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I, I love vague answers. <laughs> it's a niche, a niche really for marketing gag. That one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it does. It does depend. Um, they define success <laughs> and it's like purely numbers right if you look at pure numbers it's usually the guests because they'll have their own they'll have an audience that's external to ours and if we can tap into that the reach is just naturally bigger right so uh, our top episode was uh i think it's on about fourteen thousand views slash downloads yeah. and that was with a guy called Noel Phillips who is a uh aviation youtuber and I've watched um, that one, yeah have you yeah <laughs> have you watched any of his content yeah I did I, I kind it's... of uh, John I go down absolute rabbit holes on YouTube okay. you ask my wife some of the stuff I make her watch of an evening yeah this, so this guy it's like yeah, I'm sure if you've gone if you've if you've gone down that particular rabbit hole um it's quite it's 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 quite nerdy but it's quite entertaining stuff so he has done stuff like um the the video that um really stepped things forwards for him was uh i guess it's almost like a human experiment of right i'm going to get the world's longest back to uh world's longest flights back to back in economy and see how it feels so he flew London to Perth, then Perth, New Zealand, then New Zealand to Doha, then Doha to London, all in one go, in economy. Um, 
and like by the end he just looked absolutely ruined but he does all these really interesting challenges and um yeah so I interviewed him and uh, again going back from that <clears throat> how did that come about out of curiosity just asked him but how did you find out about him Oh, my bro- I think my brother sent me a link to one of his videos okay. ages ago. So I've been watching his channel for a while and thought, okay, this would be interesting. But I was like, back to that point of, well, what, what's the actual interesting bit here from, from our podcast point of view? And it was the, how does, a, how does a man in his 40s leave a career in IT to go yeah. full-time on YouTube? And what on earth does that look like? Yeah. Um, and he was really candid and open about, his business and his business model and um you know how he kind of transitioned from a stable job in IT to you know, doing YouTube full time and everything along everything in between. And it was a it, and I'm biased, but it was a genuinely good interview in yeah. terms of from as as he is just him being completely open about his business, which is YouTube and content creation. Um, but yeah, just asked him, and this is like so many. Oh, have you got? Someone's just hang on. Sorry, we got we got an interruption. Yeah, what the hell is that? Uh, I've got no idea what that I don't was. Know what that was? It sounded interesting. Oh, it was about a GoPro Hero Nine time lapse. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was a bit bizarre. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. There's I like a random interruption like that. Well, when we did, actually, do you know what? When we did that episode, we recorded it in an aircraft hangar. Yeah, you did. That's right. I remember, I was just thinking, I remember watching it. And you were saying about the business. I was like, I don't remember that bit. And I was thinking, oh, have I got the wrong one here? But no, it was in an aircraft. I did watch it. I'm going to rewatch it, actually. And there were like um, planes firing up and taking off and like just constantly interrupted but it was it was brilliant fun and i think like a lot of this stuff is um weirdly people are sometimes scared to get in touch with other people and ask them to do things yes and you're like do you know what i just i enjoyed watching his content you, you chat to robbie knox robbie knox yeah i just put i just put marketing freaks into youtube so i'm trying to find that Robbie Knox, yeah, I don't know if people know who Robbie Knox is, but he's he's one of my <laughs> favourite YouTubers. And his channel is amazing, isn't it? His channel is incredible. Like It's really good. He has nailed the niche of... It's just like everyday... He's everyday normal, not one of these YouTubers like, hey guys, do... He's yeah. just normal, and it's so refreshing to watch. Yeah. I, I hadn't seen that one. I'm going to watch yeah. that one as well. That, that's, that was quite a good one. Um but yeah, it's just, I mean, I'd say people ask me all the time, but maybe two people have asked me. <laughs> Pretend we're on LinkedIn. I always yeah. get asked. <laughs> yeah, I get asked this question, aka one one person has asked me this question. Like, how, how do you go about getting guests on? And it's like, yeah. just ask them. It's like... <laughs> You know, and um, occasionally someone will say yes, you know, mm. and that's it. And if you if you don't ask, you don't get. And um, both Robbie and um, Noel, it was just a case of, yeah, get in touch. And they were both happy to do it. Um, 
The Robbie Knox one was really interesting. Like, he's obviously got a career in TV, right? Yeah. Soccer AM. And yeah. He... I mean, he is a he is extremely good at putting a video together. Like, I think a lot of people who are uh, I don't know who who may not be familiar with the what goes on in the background might watch his videos and go, "It's easy." Yes, it's a guy walking. You know, but actually, the guy knows how to construct a a good video, um, and he knows what goes into that. And is uh, is a he is a talented, talented man. Yeah, I think that's the art is when when you put these videos out, or sorry, when they put these videos out, and you look and you go, "Oh, that looks easy." That's when you know it's a good video because idiots mm. like me go, "Oh, that looks easy. I could probably do that." And then I start a YouTube channel. So I don't know if you know, I started a YouTube channel about a month ago, oh, and my, my challenge is the hundred videos in a hundred days, and it's not easy. But like, you look at the likes of the Robbie Knoxes, you think, "Oh, if they can do it, I can do it," and I and I'm. And I'm playing it down a little bit here, but but yeah he is very very good really very good <laughs> yeah but also you start and you start learning and like video for us is way 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 subpar and um that's one of the points we're really trying to work on at the moment yeah is um and there's loads of plans for that like how do we get i think the audio has always been relatively good for for us anyway but the video so how do you how do we make this good from a video perspective? Because A, it's good to have good video, but B, that's where the discoverability comes from. I mean, I said earlier in this podcast that podcasting was I can't remember the phrase I used, something like podcasting is one of the hardest mediums out there. But it doesn't even compare to video. Video is a whole different ball game. Like you and I, and this is a very interesting chat so far. But it's interesting if someone's sitting in their car driving couple of hours and or commuting and they've got it on their podcast whereas if you ask someone to sit down and watch it of an evening and go right can you watch this hour long hour and a half long chat yeah on a two camera thing oops sorry let me hit my mic um on a two camera thing can get very boring very quickly can do it can do but also like uh if i look at how i I consume podcasts. It's probably it's actually probably a bit random. Like I, I do love the format as well. Like I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, and the podcasts that I listen to fairly regularly, um, often I listen to it while I'm driving. Yeah, because you know if you're on a long drive, sitting down for a good chunky podcast episode is. Like, yeah. I, I think it really helps the Agreed. monotony of driving down there motorway go a bit quicker um or like if i've got the time i prefer to watch it okay i don't know why um so you think about podcasts like uh what do i listen to uh so like the big one like the diary of the ceo probably everyone watches that from time to time yeah. like i'll watch that i'll never Have you listen watched to one it from start to start to finish oh, i've probably i, I usually at least a good the, chunk yeah, I always skip the childhood bit. You know, the what's your, what was it like growing up? I'm just, Do you? Why is that? It's boring. Is it? Yeah. Like I'll skip to the, um, yeah, like the meaty bits. Probably. Okay. Um, but I generally watch most of it. I'll sit there and watch most of it. Um, 
and then other podcasts like one one I don't know if you class it as a podcast really, but uh a YouTube channel that I'm properly into at the moment is Justin Hawkins Rides Again. Okay. So Justin Hawkins from the Darkness. Um really, really, really good YouTube channel. And okay. he'll he'll do episodes deconstructing songs or deconstructing certain artists. Um or he'll talk about again, like proper candid open conversations about how you make money in the music industry, how that's changed, um, where his royalty income comes from and how that works. Really good detailed stuff. And he is he is an intelligent human being. Okay. And his content's great. And it I guess it's a podcast or what would you call a video? A, a, I don't know. It's kind of there's a lot of a crossover. Vlogcast. I mean, it's probably a documentary to a certain degree. Pops, but, yeah. But I guess the way people like it could be a podcast quite easily, right? You could. I'm sure. I haven't seen it, <clears throat> and I'm not familiar with it. But I'm sure if you had the audio only, it would be totally fine. I was going to have a little look actually on Spotify because there probably there must be an audio version of something that he does because it is very podcasty. But I've never. This is the point. I've never looked for it. Okay. I've always just watched it, and you, so I think, yeah, it's a podcast. <laughs> it is, it is a podcast. Justin yeah. Hawkins. But that's the first time I've considered looking for it as an audio version, whereas other podcasts I've always just listened to. It's it's funny, like looking at it. See, <clears throat> I mean, it's a lot. Very bizarre. Lot. Um, probably got very bizarre. Um content consumption habits yeah i think that about me <laughs> but that's the beauty of the content world we live in i was having this conversation literally two days ago like i think i mean you're a similar sort of age to me i guess maybe a bit younger but when i was I a know, kid, how old are you chris i'm 44 39 yeah i thought so you had that youthful look compared to me but i think i i was talking about when i was a kid there was four tv channels and that was it. That is show yeah. And then Channel 5 came along, and then Sky and the rest of it. Do you remember how exciting Channel 5 was? Oh, God, yeah. And it was, it's like, oh, it oh my God, there's a, fifth, there's a fifth channel. But now, it's... and you, But you had... To, the point of it was you had to watch. If you were going to watch something, you had to watch what was scheduled at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. And you yeah. had five options. Yeah. And unless you were interested in... I don't even know what it is. Doctor Who or You Bet or whatever. You just found yourself watching. Whereas now with the this is why I'm such a huge fan of YouTube. Is you can find something you're interested in, right? You're obviously a fan of guitars, and music. Justin Hawkins is right up your street. But yeah, that and show right here on YouTube would never appear on 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 mainstream TV, probably. Maybe on <clears throat> now that days on Netflix or whatever, but Yeah. Well it would <laughs> never have been on terrestrial TV. <laughs> No, it wouldn't. But that's why YouTube's so amazing and podcasts are so amazing because yeah. it allows you to actually watch and listen to the things you want to listen to. Yeah, big time. Actually, that's what I, I'd say I watch more YouTube than anything else. You know, same. <clears throat> same. Um, everything I like is on there. Um, and the quality is so, so, so good, you know. Yeah. Um, that there's, yeah, 
I could go home this evening and there'll be um, content from, yeah, favorite like music channels or uh, motorcycle channels or whatever it is. There'll probably be three or four videos that I could sit down and watch if I wanted you, to, you know. Do you know what's all funny, of John? great quality. Yeah, they are. And do you know what's really funny is about five years ago, I remember having a conversation at work with a guy whose kid, I don't know, was 12 or 13 or something. And he was saying that his kid, all his kid does is watches YouTube. Yeah, same. And well, he does my, just to clarify, my child does go outside the house. He doesn't just. No, but when, but when they are consuming, they, they, he, it's the go to. Yeah, it was the go to. Yeah. And he was saying to me then, he's like, oh, you know, when, when that generation gets older, then obviously it will drag YouTube with it. And I, and I, and I think about it a lot, but now I don't think that's what's happened. I think YouTube has actually got to the stage where it's dragging me and you in, who are in our sort of towards our forties, and pulling us into that ecosystem. Yeah. And it's not just our kids that are watching it now. We and the, the reason it is is because there's stuff that you want to watch, there's stuff that your kids want to watch, stuff that my kids want to watch, stuff that I want to yep. watch. There's all four things are all totally different, but we can yep. all consume them at the same time whenever we want. Yeah. And as you said, the quality is incredible these days. Yeah. It's an amazing development, isn't it? Because mm. when YouTube first started emerging properly, it was a place that you would go to watch, I don't know, um, someone might upload a clip from a gig or like yeah. a cat falling in a bin or a lot of cat videos. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Just like silly <laughs> silly stuff that people could upload to the the internet. Yes. Whereas it's it's amazing, isn't it? How it's developed from that to TV. Basically. Well, do you remember? Do you, you? I mean, I'm sure you do. You'll remember when Google bought it for yeah, one point nine billion dollars. Yeah, and there was uproar in the press about what a crazy decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad investment. I don't think it's pretty good going, isn't it? It's pretty good yeah. going. But um, yeah, I can't remember how we got to this. I don't know. I'm just I'm looking at my questions, thinking we've gone totally off track. Do you ever just to go? I'm gonna. Can we go really off track? With just do you ever look at YouTube videos or YouTube content and channels and try and understand why something is successful? Yeah. So that why why is Mr. Beast that big compared to someone who's uploaded something and it's maybe got a hundred views? That's a similar um, piece of content. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I do. I, I find that really fascinating. I do actually a lot. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm going on this YouTube journey myself at the moment, so even more so probably. I don't look at the Mr. Beasts, and I'll tell you why. I think what he does is great, and I think this is not a criticism at all. But I think he suddenly found himself in the zeitgeist, and he's riding this wave of FOMO almost. That it's like everyone's talking about him and therefore people are just watching and watching and watching. That's yeah. not to say he doesn't put out good content because he does. But where I get really interested and in the weeds is when I look at other content creators and I think, how on earth have you got half a million subscribers? Or how on earth have you dragged... Um, so, for instance, there's a few. There's this guy called Half Asleep Chris who... <clears throat> this youngish guy who makes Lego stuff and his, the quality of his output is incredible. And he has got uh, mil- 2 million, I think. 
Um, two and a half million subscribers. His his videos regularly get. I mean, this one's five million, two million, two million. That's insane, and it's just his or, ordinary lad. The content he puts out is great. Yet, until about three or four weeks ago, I'd never heard of him. But he's got two and a half million subscribers. He, he can put out a video that gets more more views than the BBC on a Saturday night. And I'd never heard of him. There's another guy we watch called um, Just Alex, who... Again, you look at him, he's a very ordinary guy. He's got 350,000 subscribers. But he, so talk about going down rabbit holes, me, me and my watch watched an hour and a half long video of his from start to finish about beekeeping. And I've got absolutely zero interest in beekeeping. I've never thought about it. And I wow. remember watching that video and I was thinking, how? How has he done that? Because he's not like <clears throat> that is clever, isn't it? It is clever because you look at. Yeah. I mean, I, I consumed a lot of Mr. Beast interviews because, you know, he's allegedly the greatest, and therefore, if you want to learn how to go on YouTube, you should see what he does. But a lot of his advice is make great videos, and it's like, oh, you know, you've got to do the cuts, you got to do the retention, you got to, you know, it's got to be back, 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 back. But there's a lot of people out there who are making great content who don't do that. Yeah, and there's, there's this chasm of people where you think right do i want to make do i want the hundreds of millions of subscribers and the hundreds of millions of views that mr beast gets i mean at top level yeah probably but i'd also be very happy with a hundred thousand subscribers and i don't know a hundred thousand views yeah. in each video yeah i don't know it's it's weird isn't it and then someone will upload a video taking a kinder egg out of the packet and it will get like 2 million views you're like how <laughs> what it's, it's just it's crazy but then but should we get back to podcasting well, let, let me um, just finish my one last okay. point I was going to make on that the funny thing is so I put out 28 videos in a row now 29 videos in a row or something okay yeah the funny thing is you never know which is going to do well which isn't and there's ones I've put out, and I've said to people, I, like, I think this is going to one. This is going to catch a bit of virality. It's going to go. They got like 20 views, and I might. I mean, my numbers are t- like small, so don't. The, the um, data analysis is pretty. There's not statistical significance there anyway. But and then I put out one about we went to Portugal recently, and we yeah. went up. Do you know what a funicular is? It's those trains yeah. that go. Yeah, yeah. And we went on a funicular, and I didn't speak in the video once, and it went. Like I mean, think it got it went to my number one video in eight hours. Wow! Which, I don't know if you know that one. I was like, it's just it was a bit of a lazy one. It was one of those ones I was editing late at night. I was like, oh Christ, just get something out almost. So it's yeah, weird that you never know. It's weird, isn't it? But like we're same on podcasting, whole... right? With your you know you saying about the 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 flight guy. Yeah, that if you if you look at that one though, I mean that's kind of. Almost. Did you think it? Was, did you think it was going to be a banger? I knew it was good, but um, I guess it's a natural fit, isn't it? Like it's he's got a massive YouTube audience, and you got a thumbnail of me and him sat in front of a tiger moth, like an old aircraft in a aircraft hangar. Um, if people see it, they're going to want to watch it. Yeah, and just, oh, yeah, just tapped is. into. 
tapped into his audience. But we, yeah, historically, we have just not put any real concerted effort into YouTube or really video to any great degree. So that's that's now the big moving forwards. That's okay, so let, let's let's us. let's get back to the questions then. So, what are your <laughs> goals? Yeah, with marketing freaks. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think any like specific number-based goals, but um, I just want to continue seeing it to grow and I want to continue doing more interesting stuff with it. So that ultimately, that's the goal. I want to make it continuously get better. So a big okay. thing at the moment is video. Like, can we get um, a much higher standard of video that gains more traction on either YouTube or other platforms like LinkedIn because uh, yeah. I just feel like it, it's, yeah, we're not there yet on the video. Um, I want to get bigger and better guests, definitely. So how do we go about doing that? Can I interrupt you quickly? Yeah. So I'm looking at your channel now and there's a very, I mean, you you mentioned it about the two things. You've got the interviews on one side and you've got the the, um, <clears throat> the digital marketing stuff on the other. It seems to me that they're kind of two different channels. Yeah, it's probably that. I mean, that is a good point. Like, are we too loose with it? Um, part of the plans at the moment is to that we're going through a bit of a separation exercise with it anyway, because it's always been a piece of content that we've produced as an agency. Yeah. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like the agency stuff makes sense, right? It's like, oh, how to view landing page reports. I, I, that's interesting for me because that's what I want to do. And you're in a digital agency and there's that correlation and <clears throat> assuming to a certain degree this is lead gen for you, right? Your brand awareness. Yeah. And then I look at the the Noel Phillips and the Robbie Knoxes, and, which I'm sure are great content, but don't really fit in. Like, Is, is there room for... Yeah. The John Quinton show? <laughs> no one would want that. Um, the, Why not? <laughs> uh, so, soon enough, there will be a separate... I can't put a date on it because we haven't got it yet, but there will be a separate Marketing Freaks channel, a separate Marketing Freaks social, like separate to the agency business. <clears throat> so that is something... That is a route that we're going down, definitely. But I don't, it's weird, like there's no like specific goals in terms of numbers, but I'd like it to have the credibility where we're getting bigger and better guests and doing more interesting stuff, you know, at events or, or what, whatever it is. But just but where's, still... the, where's the digital marketing angle on that though? Like for instance, Robbie Knox, you ring up Robbie Knox, go, hey, Robbie, do you want to come on my podcast? Yeah. Go, yeah, what's it about? You're like digital marketing. And hopefully Robbie goes, oh, well, yeah, that's kind of what I do with YouTube. But not necessarily. Well, the so the digital marketing uh, element on that one was <clears throat> how do you make good video? And okay. should people even entertain it as a channel? And because everyone, so everyone talks about video being the thing that they should do or every business feels like they should do video. Yeah. Why? And and how bandwagon that's rolling on by that everyone <laughs> wants to be on. 
yeah, but like, there's no. It's a good thing to sit back and look at. Well, why do we need video? Yes, and not just the best creative or the best photography or the best, you know, something else. Um, not saying video is bad by any stretch, but yeah, the the digital marketing aspect of that was well, what should if a business decides they should do video, hmm. what do they do from there? You know. Um, okay. So I was kind of talking to him about his YouTube channel, but also just video in general, because that's a, an area that he he understands. So th- there's always an element of it. Or if we're talking to a business founder, um, you know, it's the, right, how do you plan marketing into your organization? What does the marketing function look like? And it's always, always interesting to get the perspective of someone who's built a successful business and how often do they say something video related or youtube related or even podcast related i guess um i'd say fairly minimally because for them it's about the objectives and it's about the the outcomes and the yeah how it helps to build their business the tactics are less important but again if this is why interviewing lots of different people is great because everyone sees things through a slightly different lens you know yes. um and some business founders you speak to uh they do really like their paid media and they they like getting into the weeds a little bit on certain channels and it's something mm-hmm. they they're really into um and others are very much about the higher kind of top level okay, if I spend this, what do I get back? And what's the yeah. right mix? And how does my brand look? You know, mm. so ev- everyone's different. And I think that's a, that's a really interesting thing to explore, you know, and the idea of having these guests on is that you know, the more perspectives you put out there, the more help you can you can offer people because perspectives are really interesting and useful to have like if you think about learning learning digital marketing right you can learn you can go to google and study google ads and you can you can study seo and you can study various marketing channels but yeah you know and that that's all very important that you have to know you have to know what you're doing but once you've done that it's the it's the stories and the perspectives of people that have been there and done it that I find really useful. So yeah. <clears throat> what do you do if things go wrong? What what if it's not quite working for you? Or you know, people who've kind of gone through different cycles with it. Um the perspectives I think are massively important and useful. No, I totally agree. And that's why I'm a that's why I'm a huge lover of podcasts because it allows you to basically earwig a chat between two people. Yeah, you'd never you'd never have access to any other time. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I'm curious to answer this question because I mean, obviously, you work in digital marketing and, and paid media, and I guess analysis is quite an important part of your day job, as it were. But do yep. you, do you do much analysis on what's worked, what's not worked with your podcast? I think from a broad level, yes. Um, okay. First off, like podcast 
um, analytics are fairly awful. Um, yeah. It's definitely a frustration because like, we'll get days when we've got a big spike. Log in, take a look. Right, big spike yesterday. We didn't release anything. We didn't share anything. So some something somewhere has happened to cause a load of new people to find yeah. a particular episode and it's spiked. Be trying to no understand is, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really really difficult to drill down to to well, did someone share it? Did we suddenly get into uh, like the top ten on Apple Podcasts and then fall back out again? Uh, what happened? It's really difficult to understand. Yeah, um, we can definitely. So I guess the 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 analytical approach to it really is looking at over time looking at a broad um set of episodes and okay well what seemed to resonate better and what seemed to generate the most traction um what are we putting out on social that resonates best um what are we doing there that's kind of increasing engagement what do we do more of what do we do less of um but it's quite a i'd like to go down that rabbit hole if you don't mind because sure you one of the reasons I wanted to get you on is you are one of the few people I see doing paid stuff behind your podcast. Okay. Retargeting social ads. Sorry if you've been bombarded. Chris. No, no, it's good. And the reason I wanted to bring it up because not a lot of people do that. Yeah. And further to what we were saying earlier about about people taking stuff away. Yep. I'd like to know a bit more. I mean, if you, if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. But no, I'd we can like talk little, about it. I'd like to know a bit more about your your theory, strategy, ideas, because I, yep. I think more people should be doing it, and I wondered why people don't do it. So when I yep. saw that you guys were doing it, I thought, right, let's get John on and chat to him about this. Okay, cool. So we don't. So from a paid marketing perspective, we run. Uh, uh, a bit of activity on Meta, so Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of always on type activity. We don't spend a massive amount of money on it. Um, the podcast doesn't earn anything. Um, so we don't spend a huge amount of money on those ads. Um, yeah. It's probably in the region of 600 a month, maybe-ish. So okay. it's it's not a big... It's certainly not a big spend. Um, And what it does is it just brings in like a steady flow of new downloads and new people and new subscribers and new followers on Spotify. And it it really does just keep it ticking and and moving forwards from a numbers point of view. It's really hard to understand exact, again, just on that analytics point. That's going to be my next question. (laughs) Yeah, because um, in an ideal world... I'd set up a ad on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, and yeah. I would send that traffic straight to Spotify to s- subscribe, right? But I can't because I can't track that activity because I can't put a pixel onto Spotify. Yeah. So what we do is we go via a landing page um, and we track the exit clicks to Spotify as an indication of um, are we getting the right people? Because okay. just a click on the ad could be anyone. But if they click the ad, gone to the landing page, exited the landing page off to Spotify, they're probably the right kind of person. So that's the conversion event that we yeah. we optimize for. Um, 
if you look in if you look in the platform at the numbers it's like this doesn't look good at all because the the tracking just something about it that with that many steps in the process just, yeah. yeah but if you look at um the numbers on buzzsprout which is the uh, hosting service we use uh, if you look at follower count on Spotify and that type of stuff, you can just see when you're running ads for, a, let's say, a 30-day period versus when you're not, It's the troughs are much higher. So okay. if we're not running ads and we haven't released anything that day, the numbers are almost nothing. If we're running ads, then the numbers are much higher on those lower days because pe- new people are coming in constantly. Okay. Um, the follower count on Spotify is growing, and the so the strategy really is just to keep a little bit of oil going through the cogs, if you know yeah. what I mean. Um, yeah. There's so much more we could do on creative. There's loads more we could do to kind of make that work harder. Um, and again, that's kind of in the plan. We're relooking at everything there, but currently it's just a, it's a case of trying to get a bit of new life into it and new subscribers and new followers and new listeners on a constant basis and okay the this is where the the i guess like the growth in a in podcast numbers come from i think is just growing those follower numbers because if you just get someone to come and listen and then they go Mm. chances are though they probably won't come back or it's going to be it's hard to get them back, but if they come and they subscribe, if they come and they follow, you're building up an audience. So every time you release an episode, that um, there's always like a base level, isn't there? Yeah. That just slowly starts to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. Okay. As, so that's the theory. That's the theory. But it's a really unsophisticated... <laughs> <laughs> but that drives you crazy with your paid media hat on, doesn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't, but it just works. Yeah. It, at the moment it just works um so do you think do you think on the whole more podcasters should be doing a bit of paid spend to try and boost their numbers i mean i would always recommend it particularly for podcasting because it's so hard to get initial traction organically yeah that paying to promote it makes sense the but then we're we're i guess we're in a unique a unique-ish position in that um, in theory it's a marketing investment from the agency business right yeah so we're we're investing in the content and therefore we we have the resource available to invest in its promotion whereas if you were um, growing a podcast from scratch just as a individual yeah having the resource available to do that might be slightly harder. When it comes to targeting, yeah. uh, and I'm thinking particularly, I guess you have this wide base, right? Generic marketing to a certain degree. Yeah. And then when you have someone like Robbie Knox come on, yeah, I imagine there are a lot of people who enjoy Robbie Knox's content who have nothing to do with marketing. Yeah. So would you then specifically push people towards like Robbie Knox's lookalike audience i guess for lack of a better term um yeah possibly or like we've dabbled with youtube advertising before okay so uh like the the noel phillips one i think is quite a good example so um for those 
those of uh, those people who are listening who don't know about YouTube advertising, there's a number of different ad formats and there's a number of different ways to target your ads on YouTube. Okay. So uh, with the Noel Phillips one, <clears throat> one, of, one of the options you can do, so you've got the pre-roll stuff that everyone gets annoyed by. Um, uh, but you can also do uh, paid for suggested videos, you know, in the right-hand okay. side. Yeah. Um, so what we did was we just ran a really simple ad or ran that video as a promoted, um, forgot the terminology now, but a suggested video paid to get it into that recommended box for okay. people who have an interest in Noel Phillips's channel. So the idea being his audience were on there looking at his videos uh, yeah. and then in the sidebar there's a relatively interesting looking thumbnail with an interview <clears throat> makes um, sense yeah you know and and i think that kicked it off nicely and then kind of went organically from there so sometimes are quite tactical other times it's really just having that always on flow of people who are interested in marketing business um and consume podcasts as a secondary tier yeah and i don't well meta anyway you it's um the days of being really precise are kind of long and gone really um yeah it's about playing the playing the game and um broader targeting certainly tends to work better okay um but yeah that's interesting and that that is good takeaways for i'm glad i asked that question um what's the best way to stand out from a crowd when you're starting a podcast i think it's interesting, actually, because you look back and you go, like, "Do we really? Do we really stand out?" Um, <laughs> no, we're just another interview podcast, like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, probably in some regards. So, like, talk about myself there, not you, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would, I would say, it's very hard to stand out in a world where everyone's doing the same thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think you probably. If, you've probably got to really look for some form of unique or interesting angle. Yeah. I think definitely also, uh, but that is balanced against finding a topic that you can talk about regularly enough to keep going and not just run out of ideas on. Um, I think for us, the way we try and stand out is again, it's guests and having interesting people on. Um, and, and hoping that that will always be of interest to people because it's always interesting listening to interesting people. So that's the general idea there. Um, but yeah, I think looking back at it's looking for a, some form of concept or unique angle, I think. Okay. It's, I kind of, kind of going to segue on to the next question a bit about I kind of want to know what you think is tough um, about podcasting, whether you've ever thought you're not enough enough. And I guess my reason behind that is a sort of follow on to the last question around how competitive podcasting is Yeah. to go back to um, you said about standing out and having that concept. I, I always have this theory about you're also competing with time because most podcasts are a solid amount of time. Diary of CEO, yeah. for example, you mentioned, you know, it's not 
or Rogan or any of those people, it's not it's not a rare thing that their podcast will be two hours long. Which is a massive amount of time to ask someone to invest in listening to your content. Um, So our episodes are typically 30 minutes tops. Yeah. Um, Reason for that is that just, I don't, I don't know. I think you can, there's no disrespect to episodes that are longer. Like (laughs) we've been talking for an hour, uh, which is fine. Like, and it's, it's absolutely fine to do longer content. But for me, I think I would rather have a 20 minute, properly snappy, interesting, to the point conversation yep. than an, an, a two hours of, you know, just chit chat with 10 minutes of gold, you know? Yeah. That, See, that's I, my I, opinion. Yeah. And I'm the other way. I okay. actually prefer the longer form. However, I will caveat that really heavily with the fact that I used to um, I used to consume a lot of my podcasts when I was commuting, and yeah. whether that was going in and out of London or I used to work um, one of the offices I worked in was in Peterborough, so it was like an hour bit drive up, and I used to love it. That was what that was what consuming podcasts for me was, and I used to yeah. do it every day. But now I work from home and I don't commute anymore. Yeah. So therefore, my my podcast listening behavior has totally changed mm-hmm. and i don't listen to i mean i listen to a fraction of what i used to yeah i think and that's it's hard a, because you, it's it, actually a you very know. good point to make really isn't it that that was mm. a big uh, the, co- the commuter time right yeah mm. big step change in cons- consumption behavior um because you can't really listen to a podcast well i can't anyway i find it really hard to listen to a podcast when i'm working on something yes. because <laughs> I'm either listening to that conversation or I'm doing like I can't yeah, yeah. so drives um I quite like sitting at home in the evening and listening to a podcast do you yeah the can of lager see I've never tried that I kind of feel like I'd probably be asleep within about <laughs> 10 minutes yeah that is yeah that is a risk um but to do it a little bit when so like on holiday, um, we were away for a couple of weeks and yeah, a few evenings, like everyone would go to bed a bit early and I'd just sit there and listen to, listen to something, you know, okay. it's quite, it's quite nice. It's quite yeah, nice. It is. it is because you, you, you're in your, like I said earlier, you're in that conversation and it's like your own personal theater of listening to two people that you wouldn't normally get a chance to. It's yeah. Just, it's an amazing it's, medium, really. Yeah, and it's nice to consume stuff without looking at a screen sometimes, and yeah, just sitting there and listening to something. And yeah, I do, I do, I do like it. Um, but it's yeah, totally different to commuting for an hour in the morning, an hour coming home, and yeah, I think you know, there's a massive impact, isn't it, on on podcast numbers? I imagine so. What? So what, going back to the podcast, what is something you struggle with with it? What do you find tough? Have you ever thought about packing it in? Um, yeah, I think just like the time investment and keeping it going. Mm. And we've gone from, I think, yeah, initially it was just properly sporadic in terms of release schedules. Uh, last year, I think pretty much did one a week every week. Okay. I think. Um, and that got 
when you're doing audio and even a little bit of video just for kind of snippets and clips it's re- it's a really really hard thing to keep to yes it really when you've got a job on top of yep. it it's and a family. really tough <laughs> and a family and you know ev- life yeah. it's really hard um now we're on um one every two weeks and then we're looking at a couple of potentially doing some smaller bits in between but the benefit we've found from that is it does impact the numbers a bit because you haven't you you tend to get nice spikes on release days don't you um but we get way more out of each episode so the what we're finding with doing one every week we're just about keeping on top of producing enough content to do it yeah so by the time it went out we'd probably share it once um you know on it on, on every platform we could and then it'd be done and on to the next one and you're like well that feels like that's such what i was a... saying earlier it's bizarre isn't it and then you forget about it. you put all this effort in it's like oh unless yeah unless the guest unless it really catches a little bit of a, a wave it just doesn't do anything yeah exactly uh, but then moving to once every two weeks means we're getting way more out of each episode so we've got time to put a few different snippets and clips up um <clears throat> got time to do like a little teaser time to do a transcript and a decent blog post around it and it feels like we're getting um the most bang bang for our time buck out of it that way um so yeah that's i'd say the hardest thing is probably the time investment it's much easier now because we've got a few more people uh kind of involved but Mm. Yeah, it's hard. It's like it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time and effort, and you have is to keep worth, going. Is it worth it? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but then to you know again to find what is worth it and um, commercially, we get a lot of content from it, so that's good. Have you um, have you ever had a client come to you who's come to you solely yeah. from the back of your? Have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have, and we also get. We also get a lot of people during the sales process who have listened to episodes and kind of have interacted with it, which means when we go to meet them, they feel like they already know us a little bit. Mm. I think people people underestimate the power of that. It's strong. Um, Get clients who really like it. There's a trust element, right? Definitely. And, you know, if... Part of picking an agency partner is picking people. It's all it's people buying people, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So you kind of being able to sit and listen to a potential partner talk about how they view the world when it comes to working with their clients is a really good natural insight into how they work. Yeah. Far more than you get from a you know a slide and a presentation. Ways of working. <laughs> Bullet yeah. point one two three four. You know, fine. The same BS that's that every every agency says. Yeah, we want to yeah. be an extension of your team. You know, all of that which everyone says, and is you know we believe that because we do want to be an extension of someone's team. But you'll get way more information and insight as to how a bunch of people think and operate and what they're like as people if you can sit and listen to a conversation and it's like a little sight glass into their world and 
you know, I think that is really, really important. Um, so yeah, the, the back to the kind of how do you measure it? It's that well, you can look at numbers and you can look at interactions on social and you can look at all of that stuff, but the biggest stuff, though, the biggest thing is it's these softer elements to it that I think are really powerful. But you can't, how do you quantify that? Oh, we've had 10 people mention the podcast in the sales meeting in the last six months. So we've had, you can't measure it. There's no, no quantifiable measure of it, but you know that people are interacting with it and it's a positive thing. Um, do, you, do you enjoy it? Would you do it if there was no commercial reason? Yeah, I love it. No, see, there you go, right? That's what you, I think you said that earlier as well. It's, I really thoroughly enjoy it, you know. Mm. Um, I love, I like the production side. I love having chats with different people. I think that's just such a, what a mm. great way to meet people. Uh, John, I, I, I 100% like, agree. Like I've said this on previous episodes. I love the fact that I now got to talk to you for an hour and a bit. And if you and yeah. I had met at some networking event or introduced at a wedding or whatever, they'd be like, oh, John, this is Chris. Chris, John does this. John. And you'd be like, oh, hey, how you doing? And that'd be that'd it. That'd be it. Yeah. There'd be no, there'd be no yeah. real depth in the conversation. Yeah. Like I've met so many people and made so many friends doing this that yeah. it's, that Same. is brilliant. You know, it's yeah. so, I love that aspect of it. I love the challenge of um, looking at it and go like we're talking talk loads about video, didn't we? But I love that challenge of how do, right. I'm not happy with how this looks. It doesn't look good enough. What yeah. are we going to do about it? And how do we make it look better? That's a really I love that. I love that mm. kind of creative challenge. Um, yeah, I, I do enjoy it, and I think you have to because. Um, too easy yeah. to give up otherwise isn't it why why yeah <laughs> i don't know why you do it otherwise um yeah. unless you had a big audience already and you know there was a, a clear reason but you do have to i think really enjoy the format and love the format and enjoy the challenge of doing it i i always i always look at it like the gym you know when you when you don't want yeah. to go to the gym and you wake up and you're like, oh, I can't be bothered to do that do that workout yeah and you go and do it and then afterwards you think oh, I'm really glad I did that and I feel there's, there's been a I mean I'm on episode I don't even know what episode I'm on sixty some seventy some I don't know and there's been plenty where I thought oh, I really can't be bothered is it too late to send them an email saying yeah kids sick or I've been whatever but every time and I never do and I always do it and I'm like oh I enjoyed that. I yeah, really definitely. There are, um, there are some that I regret. I actually had that vibe and regret doing a little really? bit. Like, a, yeah. So guests that I've got on that have, um, that have pitched to be on the podcast, and I've agreed because I've got a gap in the schedule and I need to get something out. Oh, I've got a couple of those coming up. You make me worry. Go on. Like, but I just I didn't pitch to be honest, did I? Um, no, no, you didn't. No, 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 no. But I'm noticing it more and more. I'm getting a, I'm getting a lot of emails from, um, I guess there were new. I don't know VAs. I think they are. Yeah, agencies. Yeah, that's the one. Would I you mean, like to speak to this client? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, not really. 
Um, no. But there's probably there's um, I don't know maybe three or four episodes that we've done in with with that aspect. Did you put them live? Yeah, they're live, and they're all right, but. They're just different, aren't they? There's a different agenda. Well, there's a different. Yeah, and I think I don't know if I'm interviewing someone. I have to be interested in them. Mm. I have to be, and I have to find them interesting, and I have to, I have to really want to talk to them. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just pretty rubbish, and um, that's definitely something I've learned. And when when I'm when you get a guest on and they are genuinely interesting and gen like have a genuine backstory to them, it's like so easy. It's yeah. so easy. You could just talk for hours if you well, wanted to. Yeah, well, that's that's the problem I have. Is I'm, we're now an hour and ten in, and it's been it's gone like that. Yeah, and I could probably chat to you for four hours, and I wouldn't even it wouldn't even bother me. But but then you've got to kind of draw the line somewhere, right? People have got jobs to do, but yeah. But it's, you know, like, um, yeah, just getting people on for the sake of filling up a schedule. This, this, it's the balance, isn't it, between, mm. okay, if you've decided and committed to putting something out every week or every two weeks or once a month or whatever it is. Yeah. As a really, I think, as uh, a, content, a content creator, there's a really delicate balance to strike between, well, I've committed to this thing, so I've, I'm going to do it, and filling that schedule with junk just because you've got to yeah. do your schedule. Um, which comes into having a pipeline of ideas and a pipeline of potential guests and you know having all that kind of planned as far in advance as possible so that that doesn't happen. But yeah, as soon as you do something just because you've got a gap in your schedule and you've got to fill it, <laughs> guarantee it'll be awful. I've, I've, it's funny. I'm laughing because I've only done it once, and it's and it is so true what happened. And this person came on, and every question. So obviously, I got the ten question format, and every question was blah 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 blah. Yeah, but my company X Y Z because this. My company will do this. My company do that. And I thought, oh my god, this is just yeah, horrendous. This is like, I'm gonna, it's horrendous. Yeah. And I ended it's... up ringing up a mate of mine, and it, and I I I. I backed myself into a corner because I'd left it too late. And then it was, it was one of those ones where it was supposed to be going out the next Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday afternoon. I was like, Oh my God. Like, I ended up ringing my mate. I said, like, I said, you've got to help me out here. I said, um, I said, I need you to come on the podcast and he didn't want to do it. And he, he'd said to me before, he's quite shy. He's like, I don't want to do it. I was like, I, I need you. <laughs> Cause I haven't got time to go and find someone else and, and uh, try and someone I don't know. And go, oh, can do a podcast tomorrow but yeah thank, it's, thankfully they did and it worked it's out. a bad place to be isn't it but mm. yeah it i is. think it's just um yeah <laughs> all right let's move on you're obviously a fan of podcasting if you could yes. shadow any podcaster for the day who would it be and why oh, do you know what it'd be it'd, it'd be justin hawkins would it if we, if we can call him a podcast yeah we call him a podcaster because uh massively interesting I think it'd be a huge amount of fun. Um, yeah, I think that would just be amazing. So do they? Do they still? Do they still make music? I don't know. I'm not a massive. Fan yeah, they're still thing. touring. Yeah. Are they? 
yeah, they're still touring and they're still um, making making it making an income from it. Have you, see, have you seen them live? Uh, years ago, where was it? Reading, I think. Is it Reading? Yeah, Reading. Yeah, donkeys is when they were you know when they'd just gone really big. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think probably someone like that. Um, and again, it probably wouldn't be just to follow them around and see how they produce a podcast. It'd be because they're really <laughs> interesting. Be and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but I'd say I'd say Justin Hawkins because I'm listening to his uh, his stuff a lot at the moment. I'm going to check him out. If someone came up to you and said, John, I really want to start a podcast, what would you tell them? Um, many people ask me this question. Aka two. <laughs> um, at, least, at least you get two people asking you, rather than just putting on LinkedIn going. I often get asked, and no one asks you. Yeah, because you thought of a content idea, and you need a way to to string it out. <laughs> yeah, they, um, probably. What do we normally talk about when people ask? When the one person or two people have asked me that question, uh, like why, mm. and. Could there, like, based on what they want to get out of it, might there actually be better formats and things to do? Yeah, and often there are. Do, um, do you think? Do you think there's room? Let me. How am I going to phrase this question? Would you agree with the following statement? It was easier to start a podcast five years ago than it is now. Probably would have been because there's less there was less competition and there was still a novelty factor around them. There's always going to be room though because you look at YouTube. Mm. Still new stuff cropping up all the time. But is um, YouTube different though? That's that's kind of what I'm trying to work out in my head. I think. Oh yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Um, yeah, I think there's always room for new fresh content. You know, if that's. I mean, stopped, saying that, then... do you? Do you um... Someone sent me something last week about Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer and Mika Richards started a new podcast two weeks ago. I don't know if you're into football or not. And I think, must have been Lineker, I guess, tweeted something that they'd hit 100,000 downloads in their first week. Yeah. And I guess just thinking about that through, and I hadn't really thought about it before I asked the question, is to suddenly find 100,000 downloads out of nowhere. I mean, yes, they have an audience behind them. The fact that they got hundred thousand downloads should show that there is room, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like if it's interesting enough, people will find it and people will listen to it. You know, and mm. it's not about your yeah. Back to that competition point, you're competing for that half an hour or hour of someone's time, and you have to have a better reason for them to listen to you than than somebody else, you know? And that's the goal. So, yeah, I think there's always room. Okay. There's always going to be room. I think the bar, the, the bar will get higher. Um, but like you say, so many, you know, come out and fizzle out yep. that if you, part of it is to keep going, isn't it? Yes. You know. Yeah, my theory, my theory on that is that people expectations are a bit out of sync, and everyone thinks they're going to get 100 million subscribers and downloads, and you know, within three weeks, 
and I don't know why people think. I guess the same thing happens on YouTube. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But you just gotta. Um, yeah. Again, like if you want, if you're purely after numbers and visibility, yeah. it's probably better things to do. You know. Um, or at least a different approach. As in, not relying solely on organic, and actually, you know, like you guys are doing, putting paid money behind it, and actually, yep. actually making it almost like a business, a yep. content creation business, as yep. opposed to. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Loads of ways to think about it. Um, hmm. I may have to. I'm. I'm getting Slack messages. Sorry. Okay. Do you want last very last question then? And it could be a quick one. Of course. Yeah. Sorry it, to. It, no, 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 it's my fault. If we spoke again in 12 months and you yep. said to me, Chris, you know what, it's been a really successful year, what would have happened? Yep. I think video numbers. Is that like the focus? We, yeah, if we, if we were sat here in 12 months' time and the, the, like the audio aspect was kind of just keep jiggling, getting bigger, slowly getting bigger, 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 bigger. Yeah. But we've got some really good traction behind video and a production that i was really proud of i'd be like i'm yeah i'm well happy with that okay that that's that's i think for me what it would be good answer okay john quinton a very big thank you from me for joining me today if people want to come and say hi check out you check out your podcast where should i be directing them to in the show notes yeah, so if you can't find me on LinkedIn, John Quinton, um, always on there. So drop me a note. Uh, always good to say hello. Um, Instagram, we're there as Overdrive Digital. Okay, um, they're probably the main two things. Yeah. Okay, I will link them both in the show notes. John, oh yeah, obviously thanks. the podcast on Spotify. <laughs> oh well, obviously I will link to that, and you know, that should be your first port of call for subscribing <laughs> to. But um, John, I know you're in a rush, so I will thank you, and I will link to all those stuff below. Go say hi to John. And that was 10Q Interview with Mr. John Quinson so of the Marketing Freaks podcast. If you made it to the end, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you did. John was a terrific guest, wasn't he? Feel free to share any thoughts on any of the social channels at 10Q Interview everywhere you may look. That's all from me for now. Make sure you've subscribed wherever you're listening to this. And the next 10Q Interview episode will be live in your feed very, very soon. Take care. Bye.